Listener Production. Hello and welcome to Willow Talk once again, Adam Peacock, face-to-face with Brad Haddon. How are you, Hads? How was your summer? Mate, my summer's been absolutely outstanding. I've had a great new year, watched the fireworks come in with the kids, got an early night, was a sleep before midnight, so it shows I'm getting old, but I tell you what, yes, I made up for it at the Triple M uh, rap party <laughs> after the test match. We'll get to that a bit later on, because uh, there's a few stories to tell, oh, not many, but I do want to live vicariously through you because well you should have been there you're invited i should have but i was away for a week about to go away for two weeks and these were the two days in between that i was at home and maybe our listeners can tell us what they would have done but personally i like my marriage (laughs) at this stage (laughs) so i'm happy for it to keep rolling in order to keep it rolling i had to turn down that kind invitation so thank you anyway it might have been a smart move in the end actually i saw some photos (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that soon. Uh, We're going to recap Australia's 3-0 series sweep over Pakistan. Look ahead to the Windy Series. Who is going to replace David Warner? You wouldn't have known about it the last week, but David Warner actually has retired from Test Cricket. (laughs) Hasn't been much written about it or said about it. No, we'll get to that in a moment. Reflect on David Warner's Test career because it's an amazing career. If If you're standing here right now and you're getting into cricket, you end up with a career like that, you're pretty happy with yourself. Well, it was an amazing test career and it was a great way to finish. And it finished just the way it started. A bit of drama um, leading into the test match, trying to find the <laughs> baggy green. That turned up a couple of days in. He got to to wear it in the last day. He led the team's song, which is uh, a great way to, to finish your um, test career. But, mm. yeah, he, he, he ends as um, – an entertainer. He, he came into international cricket different to everyone else. Uh, mm. he, he came in, not haven't played any first-class cricket, got picked for Australia in 2020, dominated that game at the, the MCG against South Africa, then all of a sudden then made his way into test cricket and, and, and goes down as one of our uh, great entertainers. He's actually, and he said it himself, he, he has been polarising at various parts of his career and for some people he still remains extremely polarising to the extent where I've evaluating it from a step back, you guys were there at the test and and reading all the coverage and listening to everything. It's people watched him play test cricket to see him succeed, but in equal measure, there were people, maybe not an equal measure, but there were people actually watching test cricket to see him fail as well. And that that's like, okay, you, that might sound derogatory towards the guy, but it's actually a hard thing to do to be whatever the case you want to watch him play. It's not a usual thing. Well, he's a bums on seats player, um, no matter what reason they're there. The the one thing I, I take my hat off to David throughout his whole test career, and there was times he, he was polarised with, with good and bad, but what he stayed true to is he did it his own way. And, and he did that from, from day one till he walked off the SCG with, with a great send-off. There was 25,000 people off their seats. SCG did a great job, had a, a nice logo on the, on the ground, farewell in him. There's a, a great picture of him saluting the crowd as he walked off, but the one thing he did do, yes, he entertained, but he did it his own way. He had his own unique style, mate. He, he was great to to watch, and we've seen that right down to his last innings, where he, where he took the game on. He it, it was a difficult wicket there at the SCG on, yeah. on on day four, but the way he played and and the way he entertained, got out just as they closed in on victory, gave himself the the walk off, and mm. and, and the crowd at the SCG responded perfectly. Yeah, shout out as well. Um, we've got a rise and falls, an early riser to the three ground staff so far. Like MCG wicket was a beauty. Um, Perth was okay and SCG was good as well. So it, it 
produces entertaining cricket and I, I quite enjoyed the test series and we'll get into it in further detail with Travis Head about how the players celebrated the win at the SCG and farewell David Warner. So he's coming up later in this edition of Willow Talk and Rises and Fallers, of course, yes? That'll be interesting, Travis Head. <laughs> it's what's a couple of days since the test match. Yeah. Do you reckon him and Mitch Marsh are home yet? <laughs> For the reasons explained earlier in this podcast in terms of uh, <laughs> marital bliss, I hope so. <laughs> For his sake and all of our sakes. Anyway, and of course, rises and falls. Before we get into it, thanks to everyone who has given us a rating or left a review. We've cracked 200 on Spotify. Double ton hats. First double ton for both of us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> by a long way for me. And we want to get to over 300 by the end of the summer. So we've got to truck along. I'll give us, actually, I'll give us a bit of leeway until the end of the New Zealand series. Is that all right, Sammy? Yep. Okay. 300 by the end of the, the Kiwi series, which is coming up just after the Windy series. Oh, I tell you what, the response around the grounds at Big Bash and the test matches during the summer was from Will I Talk was outstanding from our listeners. But you know the one common thing everyone wants to hear? What? A question and answer with you. <laughs> Righto. <laughs> So we can organise that. <laughs> Look at the producer <laughs> Sam has just fallen off his chair <laughs> in disgust. Mm. I don't know how you fall off a chair in disgust, but he's just done it. Mm. A lot of it was pushed by me because I've got some <laughs> yeah, great I'll, questions to I'll bet you <laughs> come your way. But yeah, there thank our people. listeners for that. And that'll be a great segment. Thank you. Now, if you're listening on Apple, uh, leave us a review and tell us what you'd like to hear on Willow Talk in 2024. And, yeah, this is a tire pumpage, but uh, Jeff Rowe 1973 has sent through a little uh, review for us. Love it. Great show that outlines the current affairs of Australian cricket, internationals for men and women, domestic and BBL, all covered. Anecdotes galore from Brad Haddon's career. New episodes are a highlight of my week. Well, Jeff Rowe, hopefully you enjoy this particular episode. And it's wonderful to hear those kind words. How good was Australia's win over Pakistan in a series that was, as mentioned before, damn enjoyable to watch and maybe a little closer than the 3-0 scoreline suggests? Yeah, I actually thought it was a predictable result. Pakistan haven't won here in in 24 years and the reasons for that are are still glaring. It's the little things that that let them down in in the games. Not talent. Um, We've seen some outstanding performances from the Pakistan team, they uncovered a couple of superstars. Jamal was was outstanding. Salman, mm. he, he's a go, going to be a good all-round cricketer with the bat bowling in the field. But it once again, it was those little things that let Pakistan down. Their, their catching was horrible. How do they – sorry to interrupt, but I was – like you, you would have been mortified at some of that, especially behind the wicket. How on earth do they fix that? Well, it's interesting because I watched a lot of their warm-up. Mark Taylor and I from the um, Triple M commentary box, and it, it's not their work ethic. Because oh, yeah. they, they work as hard as anyone. That um, They did a lot of work on their catching. But it, it was their technique. It, there's Yes, you can get volume. You can hit a lot of catches and say you're working hard. But they got a, a lot of technical flaws in their game there. So they need to take that back to basics. But it, it's the same story. You, you look at the Melbourne Test Match. They had Australia 6 for 16. Mitch Marsh ended up getting 96. And that was great to watch. Hmm. But they dropped him. All of a sudden, they're five for twenty. That that test match could have taken a different shape. Hang on, they've gone from six for sixteen to five for twenty. Oh, sorry, um, four, <laughs> four for sixteen. 16. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, I told you, everyone. <laughs> it was a good drink on the weekend. Mate, it was unbelievable drink. Rises um, and fallers. Stick around for it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it was predictable again. So they've got a lot of talent. And they always have. They don't play our conditions um, well at all. But at times, hmm. they're in the contest. And, yeah. and what let them down? Extras. 
that that's just yeah. a little disciplined thing and, and and you can't do that at this level you can't give a team like Australia that much of a head start in front of the mm. game and, and that's what they did so Barbo was disappointing I mean, Australia yeah. bowled really well to him he, he's had a horrible uh 2023 so he, he'll the bounce it oh yeah I, I think it was the bounce and also Australia were uh, relentless to him they, they kept bringing the ball back and challenging that defense and it, it, he, he just didn't stand up this time but yeah they, they'll they'll go away thinking that they were were close at times, but but in the end, it was, it was Australia's class just to win those big moments and, and polish those um, really mm. big moments when when they um, stood up. So yeah, it was a pretty predictable result. Pat, the captain, has become the focus of Pat Cummins's game. So how does he captain? And he's done well to to lead this team to the success it's had, particularly in the last six months. But it kind of made us forget about a little about Pat the bowler, and I reckon this series has brought that back into the conversation, which it should be, because, my goodness, some of the spells he bowled and the rhythm that he had straight away. And I just hope he can continue this for the next five years because we're going to see something quite special in terms of numbers and adulation as well for his ability to bowl because 19 wickets an average of 12, I don't care who you're playing against, they're pretty good numbers. Well, the interesting thing about uh, Pat, the captain, is is when you take over as a, a fast bowling captain, there's a lot of doubt on how he'd handle himself. Mm. Not not the team, but how he'd handle himself. Would, would he bowl himself enough? Would he? He is that character that he's not selfish. He'd hand the the overs to to everyone else. But just just go back and have a look at the last twelve months. H- have a look at the World Cup when we're two 0 down. We're playing against Sri Lanka. They're none for hundred and twenty. Mm. Who got the ball in their hand and turned the game around? Paddy. All of a sudden in the in the World Cup final, mm. same thing. India got off to a flying start and it was uh, Paddy that turned things around again. And and what he did in this summer as well, he just took all the anxiety out of the close games. When mm. he needed a big spell, he grabbed the ball, he aimed up, he was aggressive. He knows how to go through the gears. And the great bowlers that I've played with and against know how to go through the gears and recognize the big moments. Dale Stain was as good as anyone. But when he, he, he just sort of go through his gears about – one to three, nice and slow. Then the game would be on the line. All of a sudden, you see a different beast. What you you felt how he was hitting the pitch, what he was doing with the ball, just changed. Well, it, it was the intensity that that he did things at. He yeah. recognised that uh, we need something special, and that's what Paddy did the the whole summer. Every time they looked like they were back into the contest, mm. he stepped up a gear and just t- took the anxiety out of it. How would you face Paddy if um, he's bowling from like the non striker team? <laughs> I'd hope he had an in-out field, had a deep point, a deep backward square, and I'd try to get to the other end. Because he looks like when he's at his top, he's almost impossible to leave because he bowls in, in, in that region where even if it gets a little bit of work back in, you're going to be bowled. And then if you prod at one, he's got that ability to go the other way. So w- what do you do? How do you face him? We, we didn't think we'd see anyone as close to Glenn McGrath as mm. as we have with Paddy Cummins. It's just that relentless line and length, and he's forever challenging your defense. Yeah. And if you're a little bit off, if your footwork's not quite right, you're thinking about other things, the game scenario, he'll find that weakness and open you up. So the, the way you'd face him, I think, you'd have to try to get him off his length. You'd have to try to be proactive and look to hit him down the ground, maybe pull him off a length. But you, you need to move the field so you got an outlet to get off strike. If yep. he bowls 12 to 18 balls at you, and there's the 18 ball theory, if you get three maidens in a row, uh, a wicket normally comes in the next spell. So I would just be trying to, to get off strike. But the hardest thing is he, he's just relentless. He just keeps mm. coming and coming.
Uh, yeah, he's number three. As we sit here right now and record this, it might change in the the, the time bef- between you guys listening to this and, and us recording this. But he's number three test bowler in the world, Rabada and Ashwin above him. But with all due respect to those extremely fine cricketers, I ain't swapping Pat Cummins for <laughs> either of those two. Mate, they're both fine cricketers, but if yeah. you're selecting your team, your number one fast bowler is Paddy. i tell you what, though. What, what about the three of the fast bowlers together? It was yeah. just relentless all summer. Yes, you've got Paddy. You've got Josh Hazelwood. I, I've never seen a man go past the bat so many times <laughs> in Melbourne. You're just thinking, oh, my gosh, is he ever going to get a wicket? He got two wickets in that test match, yeah. but he could have got 10 at the same as Paddy. He, he was outstanding. Then he came to Sydney and he got his reward. Well, yeah, he got his reward, those three uh, three wickets in and over. Reminiscent of that feeling of when he took all those wickets when India got bowled yep. out for about 12 yep. in, in Adelaide a couple of years ago. So, yeah, it, and then Mitch Stark aims up and bowls the type of nut that Abdullah Shafiq yep. copped as well. So, yeah, it's a it's a hard one to um, withstand all of that. And then they chuck the ball to Nathan Lyon if the deck's turning a bit or, <laughs> or bouncing a bit. So, yeah, good luck. I reckon now... The, the focus then switches back to if those four keep going, the focus for Australia in the next 12 months focuses obviously with the batting liner and David Warner up the top. Firstly, word on Davey in his summer, nearly 300 runs. The questions going in were, is he even going to get to the Sydney test? Is it questionable? How's his form? I think the World Cup kind of reset him to have the type of summer that he did because he his average was pretty good, more than acceptable and deserved to go out when he did. Yeah, I, I think looking take the first test at the sum that that was tough conditions at, at Perth that that first hour. If Pakistan had got their length right, it, it could have been a really different story. But on the flip side, they weren't allowed to, and, and the reason they weren't allowed to is the way Davy played. Hmm. He, he he was trusting his defence, which is a really good sign when Davy's playing. Then off the back of that, his aggressive game was right at the front. He, he he took the bowling on. He picked up length really quick, which was a, a good sign. He drove well down the ground, but anything back of a length, he, he jumped on with the cut and the pull shot. And and he probably set the tone for the whole summer. And the, the reason it, it was so successful for him and, and the team is there would have been a lot of talk about – if he nicked off a couple of times there, there would have been a lot of talk about yeah. his, his position. He, he, he would have got to the point where everyone's gone, I've had enough of this, but – he took all that out. He took the anxiety out of that and, and he played beautifully. He played the way we've known David Warner for his whole career. Mm. He, he, he was proactive up the top. He, he had some, we had some great insight in, into the way he plays when he was on the uh, mic'd up from, from the Fox crew. Ju- what his calling? <laughs> what, what about Paul Usman Kawaja trying to have to run with him? <laughs> but he, he showed his, his athleticism but, um, that, that we know, but his style of game, and, and yeah. you're right, since the World Cup, he, he's got the style back. He put pressure back on the opposition and he just didn't allow the, the Pakistan bowlers to settle. And, and that's what was seen through his whole career when he's at his best. We'll talk to Travis Head later and ask him the question. He won't give us the answer, so I'll, I'll seek an answer out of you. It looks like Cam Green is being pushed towards opening in replacement of uh, David Warner. Pat Cummins said after this test match that I don't really feel the need to settle the middle or unsettle the middle order. So Marnus Smith... Trav and Mitch Marsh. It looks like it's set up for Cam Green unless they go. It feels like a left field one now that they'll get one of those three openers, Renshaw, Bancroft or or Harris from elsewhere. Well, they kept Cameron Green around the squad for the whole summer as a spare batter. So is that a little bit of an insight in is that he's the next best batter pick? Just go and have a look at Cameron Green's stats. In first class cricket at, at number four, I think he's got 1,400 runs at 64. Mm. So 
is he the next best batsman to come into the team? We, we know Marcus Harris, he, he's on contract with Cricket Australia and that says he he, he was in the plans for the next mm. 12 months. We, we know Bancroft has had a, a great two years and and Maddie Renshaw, he got 100 in the A game against Pakistan. But my, my gut feel is that Cameron Green's the next best player and we've just got to find a spot. Where that fits in, I'm not so sure yet. Do you, do you move Marnus up to open, put Steve Smith back to, to three where he averages 60? Or Steve Smith, is he looking for a challenge at, at this stage of his career? He, he's probably, he, he didn't bat badly, Steve Smith, but he just wasn't as fluent as he has been in some time during this campaign. So is he looking mm. for a challenge at this stage of the career just to spark the, the back end of his career? So I think Green will be in the team. I'm not sure how the, the, the top six will look, mm. but I, I think Cameron Green will be the one. By the way, it, I haven't sent out a search party yet, but is Steve and Marna still walking off after they got dismissed? Are they still at the SCG? Or are they, are they off the field yet? Oh, I think they'll be on the golf course, actually, those two. <laughs> Who was the slowest you played with? But just couldn't comprehend that they got out. And they were having an out-of-body experience in the middle, and it was like, um, you're out, mate. Yeah. Go. I think it was Tendulkar. I, I think, oh, yeah. yeah. I think when he got out, he, he was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the people so, who got him out as well. Yeah. What about the Marnus quick- is the slowest. Ma- yeah. Marnus is the slowest. What about the quickest? Who so just got out and just went, oh, stuff this, and then basically ran back to the shed so they could slam a bat or something. I, I was pretty quick, actually. Yeah. I, I was wanted, if I've nicked it or got bowled, I, I wanted to get out before the, I had to walk past the tunnel, uh, the huddle. Yeah. <laughs> we- when the crowd applauds you as well, like if you make a quick fire 40, the crowd's appreciative or, you know, you get to 50, you get to 100, you, you raise the bat at 100. You 100 do, when yeah. you're walking off, definitely. Yeah. Did you ever raise your never, bat? Never, not unless it was 100. Did you give shit to anyone who, like, you know, they made a well-made 54 or something like that and they're, they're giving it the big and then taking in the whole crowd? No, no. I, no. I, I never said, I never would never say anything to anyone. Oh, Okay. <laughs> That's a lie. What do you mean? <laughs> That's a complete lie because you didn't look at me yeah. when you told me what you just said. <laughs> I'm getting more of those stories out as we go on with Willow Talk. Maybe in the uh, the, the quieter winter months, we've got down that path a bit uh, <laughs> bit further. Mitch Marsh looks like he's locked his spot in for the con- uh, for the foreseeable future. Yes, he has. That, that, that's a simple answer, but it's what he's now bringing to the team. He's got his style of game perfect. When they were four for 16, the pressure was on, and that's when the big turning point for me watching Mitch Marsh, I thought, How, how's he going to play this? Is he going to look to survive? Yep. Or is he going to continue on the style that had made him so successful since he come back in at, at the Ashes? Well, and, that's what he did at Headingley, wasn't it? 100%. We were in a bit of trouble yep. that time, yep. and he just went whack. Yeah, and there's a lot that goes into that. One, he's he's really comfortable in himself and now his game style, but also the selection committee, the coach and staff to say, no, no, Mitch, you're in the team to play a certain way. No matter what the situation the game is, this is where you play your best. Yet there's going to be times when it doesn't work, mm. but when it does, he brings you right back into the game. He puts pressure back on the opposition. And, and now when Mitch Marsh walks to the crease, all he has to do is hit a couple of really good shots and the bowling team goes on. Oh, hang on, here we go again, let's put a deep point out. We'll maybe put two out in the hook. And all of a sudden the game starts to flow. So I, I think Paddy was obviously player of the series with what he did, but 
the way in Mitch Marsh is playing and what he's bringing, not just with the runs, but the style, he, he was very, very close second. Yeah, 344 runs at 86 and a couple of wickets as well. Wasn't in the team 12 months ago. You wouldn't know about it right now. We'll get to Trav with Trav, so ask him yep. about his own form. We can make judgments, but it's probably better to hear from him about that one. But Alex Carey, quick one on him. Averaging 32 of the bat, firstly, is that acceptable for a keeper in the modern age? And I know you're a fan of his glove work, and I don't think he let you down over the summer. No, his keeping was outstanding. He's simplified his game. Everything's hit in the middle of his glove. He's taken those half chances. A couple of catches he, he took at the SCG off the spin bowls on a difficult wicket mm. were, were gold. Not a lot of people would know, yes, because he made them look so easy, but there's a lot of hours behind the stumps. Hone your technique to, to make it look as easy as that. And, and his batting, okay, he, he averaged what a keeper averaged. The keepers average between 30 and 35. Take a look at Melbourne when we're under pressure. He, he put that big partnership on yeah. with Mitch Marsh, and, and that's his role. That's your role as a keeper. When you had those days when it's very rare that your top order doesn't, someone doesn't go off, it, it's your job to get you to that total to so your bowlers can defend it, and he did the same in Sydney. So he, he's playing a perfect game with the bat. He's changing momentum, yeah. and he's batting in big partnerships yeah. when he needs to. Handy, handy. So that's the, the the evaluation of the Australians. Just on Pakistan, Amir Jamal, he he was a joy to watch. He was fantastic. The 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 amount he cares about his cricket. Yeah, I don't think you could care about anything as much as he does about his cricket. It's it's great to see. Well, the the best thing I like about Jamal is he wants the ball in his hand mm. all the time. Mm. He, he wants to be in the contest. Um, he thinks he can change the the way the game's shaping. And he put a bit of pressure on the Australians. He, he, he went at them. He wasn't intimidated by the Aussies. And he, and he got better and better as the series went on. And, and the reason um, that happened is he was getting more confident in his own ability, but he, he's getting more confident that what he was doing was working. He stood up to the Australians. Man, he got a 143 runs. He, he's, he's a bit better than handy with the bat. So I, I think they've found a good number, six or seven or seven and eight, in, in Jamal and, and um, Salman who mm. want to compete. So you, you've got uh, Afridi. We'll, we'll go into that uh, in a minute. But well, now. Why, why didn't he No play? idea. Still don't know. No. After being at the, the SCG test all those days, no, no, no one really and, and the reason I, I don't get it, is Masu the captain? I, I mm. thought he he had a really good series. He knows that this was going to be a tough tour, but they've got to play a style of game that will be successful to compete against teams like Australia. They can't mm. be doing the same things that they always do, just look to occupy the crease, don't move the game forward. So he, he was really proactive. He, he said it at times, yes, Australia were just better in those big moments, but if we're going to be successful long term, we've, we've got to continue to play that style. Mm. And what shocks me about the Freedy decision to be rested is exactly that. He's, he wants his best players out there. He wants his players playing against Australia. So I, I don't know if it was um, he's a new captain of the 2020 team that they were trying to rest him for the series against um, who they play, New Zealand. Yep. So to me, Freddie was down on pace. He, he was a down on pace all series. He got it right in the last innings in Melbourne. Yeah. So it looked like, okay, he's found a bit, bit of his mojo back going into Sydney. He would have bowled well on those conditions because similar to mm. to Pakistan. So, yeah, it was a it was a shock that he didn't play, and I, I didn't like it. He bowled a stack of it. Like he bowled 100 overs, I think, 
getting to the SCG test where the Australian bowlers looking at the low, yeah. it was nowhere near that. So maybe that was a factor and Pakistan just didn't feel like telling anyone, but certainly a weird one and a bit of a letdown as well because yeah. we really wanted to see him see him play and he would have caused, as you mentioned, some uh, issues. What about the crowds, the buzz about test cricket? How did you feel it was? You went to all, all venues, um, Perth, Horrible numbers through the gate. Okay in Melbourne and as always in Sydney, it's a tradition that people are always going to rock up even to watch rain. <laughs> Very rarely rains in Sydney actually. No, of course um, not. I thought Melbourne and Sydney crowds are outstanding. They, they voted with their feet. Um, they, they enjoyed their test cricket. Boxing Day once again is an enormous event and, and the people turned up and, and they got treated some really good cricket. Mm. Perth's a problem. We, we've known that for some time we, with their crowd numbers. Uh which is a bit of a shame because if you look at the Big Bash, they're getting 40,000 a game mm. um, at Optus Stadium. So not to turn up for, for test cricket is disappointing, especially when you've got David Warner's uh, last series. You've got guys like Travis Head and, and Mitch Marsh playing the way that they were playing. So they're entertaining. And you've got these four um, Australian bowlers who – you take as many opportunities as you can to come out and watch them because they're going to go down mm. as, as one of the great teams, that these three fast bowlers and Nathan Lyon. So, yeah, it's, Perth was disappointing, and, and that's been the same for some time. Yeah, I, personally, they're not going to do it because the corporate facilities are too good. They, they, they'd get their return and investment that way. But the trouble with Perth, I find, is that it's too far away. Or, <laughs> not only that, but it's a great city, great weather, but half the ground is in baking sunshine the whole day, you're not going to sit there. So you take that shot from one end and it looks like a shield game. Yeah. So I don't know how you fix that. You play the day-night test over there, I'm not sure. Well, that's but not going to work for no, TV. That's not going to work for TV. I'd rather see a match at Bell Reeve where you're going to get more people through. The, it's going to look better. You're going to get less people through the gate. Now, they're not going to make money corporately and everything like that. So this is plainly not going to happen. I'm just wasting breath. I'll tell you what I'd, I like. I, I like when the summer – and this is a bit of traditionalist coming out of me. I like when the summer starts at the Gabba. I, I don't mind it, yeah. Perth because of the bouncy wickets and it yep. shocks um, touring teams to play that. But it, it was always exciting part of the summer. You've got great weather up in Brisbane. You've you mm. probably got the the fairest wicket in Australia um, with bat bowling in the field in, in Brisbane as well. So I, I still like the summer. I know it's finishing there um, this year, but I, I still like the summer starting at the Gabba. Well, talking to people in Brisbane, I was up there for another sport last week. Chinching. Adel Oops, sorry. <laughs> Adelaide Oval. January 7th. You can talk. You're doing about – You did. I spoke to you one Beg day. You, you were doing three jobs in one day, three invoices in one day. No. You the were, love of the game. You were, you were not – <laughs> I love the moolah. Uh, Adelaide is the first test, January 17 to 21. And then after that, the second test is in Brisbane, January 25 to 29. First week of school back in Brisbane. They start a week early over there. I don't know what they're doing up there, but wouldn't you have maybe foreseen that as Cricket Australia and switched them? I'm yeah, not maybe. Sure. But. It's a day-night test match up in Brisbane. Yeah. I suppose they're hoping for whether all the action is is the uh, when it's under light. So a bit of luck. The kids come in and families come in after uh, school. I tell you what, though, I'll have to get there the first couple of days. I, I, can't, I haven't looked through <laughs> yeah. this West Indies team. Huey, doing Louie. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't really no. know how they're going to stand You're up. You're not pumped no. about it? Well, no. Oh, you're pumped about seeing international cricket, but... Does it feel like a letdown when you read that squad? Craig Brathwaite is the is the um, captain, and aside from that, you're fishing around for any proven Test match quality. Put it that way. 
Yeah, well, the only thing you can hope is that the Australian series brings the best out of them and, yeah. and they find a couple of stars and, and that can happen. We, we don't know a lot about the the squad. This Australian team is, is red hot at the moment. It's going to be a bit of a different era too. We're going to have the excitement of someone else up the top. So that's going to be a, a talking point for Australia. But from a West Indies point of view, their, their cricket's been, especially their Test cricket's been poor for for some time, so let's hope that this series is is one of those series where they um, find a hero um, or a couple of heroes, and, and they can compete with Australia on some sort of level. Yeah, hundred percent. Last win for the Windies in Australia, Feb nineteen ninety seven. So it's been a while, almost as long as Pakistan. Nineteen ninety five was Pakistan. November nineteen ninety five, and that streak goes on. And the Windies, it's hard to see how they get a result in terms of a positive result for them out of this series. But we'll wait and see. January 17, Adelaide Oval, always a great occasion. That's uh, the start of the first test against the Windies. And in a forthcoming episode, has we probably – I want to do it justice, so I don't want to do it right now. But, I mean, you've seen the squad that South Africa have picked for the New Zealand series. And Steve Wars had his say saying this is the, the canary in the coal mine for Test cricket. Yep. Are they going to prioritise it? We've got both got our thoughts and ideas. So we're going to elicit a couple of ideas out of each other to, to say, how do we fix this? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Oh, this one goes a bit deeper than just the, the Test squad they picked. Yeah. You, you've got to remember, I just touched on it quickly, South Africa were, were broke. Mm. They, they tried to create a 2020 competition it fell over because they had no sponsors and they had no money. So all of a sudden, their, their cricket, they, they could be gone again from international cricket. So they've created a 2020 league. that They've got Indian backers that come in and give them some money, and but they, they want the best players playing. So they need that product to be good. Mm. And, and what happens then is it filters down to their state cricket, to school cricket, and, and they can get development programs to keep test cricket alive. On, on the surface, it looks horrible what team they sent, but mm. – if they don't prioritise this series in their, their home country, they're, they're gone. They're, they've got no money. So you don't like seeing a third-string team, especially in, in Test cricket. and they tried to move it. In their defence, they, tr mm. they tried to move it. But if they don't have this competition, they're, they're gone. They're, mm. they're not worrying about a third team, a second team. Their players will go over and, and, and play coal packing in the UK. Mm. This competition is stopping that because they can make money in South Africa. So, yeah, there, there's – a lot that goes into that decision, and it's not just as black as white as it looks. We'll get to in more detail. We'll, we'll, we'll put aside 10, 15 minutes in a forthcoming we'll episode that. to talk about that. Absolutely. But for now, we're going to take a little breath and come back with Travis Head. Triple N's Summer of Cricket, an exclusive interview with Travis Head for QuickBooks Online. Hit your business goals for six and save 29 hours of admin a month. Search QuickBooks Online today. Welcome back to Willow Talk, and it's great to have our regular guest on throughout the summer. Travis Head, thanks to QuickBooks Online, is joining us once again on Willow Talk. Trav, uh, how's the head, mate? And um, <laughs> indeed, overall, the, the summer, uh, an enjoyable time from a team perspective. Yeah, it's been an amazing 12 months, hasn't it? So I guess with Davey farewelling, it gave the the boys an opportunity to to look back. I know we've only got a tiny little break in between this and the West Indies, but Sydney Test normally the last one of the summer uh, traditionally. So I sort of felt like, yeah, a little finish to, to what's been an amazing 12 months for the guys. And we crack on now to, to the West Indies and it'll be nice to get a spell for the guys for a couple of days. Looking at the 3-0 series win, we've, we've talked about it in detail, gone through various talking points as well, Trav. But for a moment, can you give us a moment which stands out for you, which you enjoyed the most out of the, the three games? 
probably the two that stand out, the, the, probably the two most important of the series was probably uh, Mitch Marsh at the G, four for 16 and getting 90-odd, um, and just the way he took the game on and what he was able to do in, in high-pressure moments, which is what you want. And then Joshie Hazelwood a couple of days ago. So when we're pushed up against the wall and we go into the go into the break, uh, even scores on a wicket that's going to be tricky, which we knew we would love to have been 7,500 ahead, which we weren't, but... What the team's been able to do over the last 12 months is find a way to, to get ourselves out of situations. So, yeah, Hoff's over where I think he ends up with four for nine at the break. We walk off seven for 70. It was, um, yeah, it was driver's seat sort of stuff and, and, and really show where the team's at. So, that are probably the two moments that I pick and the two posts, probably the two most important for our series. Trav, I just want to touch on what you said there before about it's been a massive 12 months. And and I want to talk a bit about your captain. He, he deflects a, a lot to, to his team, which good captains do, and and let the team take the credit. But you go back to the World Cup against Sri Lanka. They were none for 120. Paddy steps up. In the final, all of a sudden, the, the game's starting to look a little bit different at the, the start. Well, you take a, a catch dive in full stress like Superman. But it, it was Paddy <laughs> Paddy's spell that turned it around. And and this summer, when the games look like they're on the line, mate, how good is he at recognising those big moments? Yeah, I think he leads that. And I think this group is very good at that. And, and like you said, that he's the one that, that starts that. And, yeah, you don't want all the time to have to fall on someone to sort of lift the tempo or or make a play. Um, you want to hopefully be driving most games. But even in Melbourne, the way he bowl, as I've said a few times, it's the best I've seen him bowl on a wicket that did offer a little bit. He was bowling leg breaks on it. So... <laughs> Yeah, he's just continuing to work. He's he's working around the backroom staff. It's it'd be so it's a hard gig, honestly. He's doing yeah, leading the team and, and all the, the back uh, background stuff and, and he's still finding a way to, to get back with Ronnie and DeWiz and working on his craft and like, he's he's flying up the wickets tally at the minute. So it's gonna be crazy where I think that's gonna be in sort of five, six, seven years' time. Mm. And what about the the Pakistan team? They they haven't won a, a test match here in, in over twenty years, but there, there were times in the series where they challenged you a little bit. Were you a bit shocked with it, the way they presented? Uh, oh, I wasn't shocked. I felt like we, when we did the play in Pakistan, albeit different wickets and, and whatnot, you could see how they could have an impact in Australia. Their fast bowlers of quality. I guess Nassim Shah not coming probably hurt him a little bit as well with that extra, extra pace because he's, he's world-class and, and their batters grinded us from that series. And that was a tough series on different wickets. But they probably look back at that and go, there was a missed chance. There's a couple of missed chances, obviously, in Sydney, where we go in even power on a, on a, on a tricky wicket that's going to start to turn, and, and and in Melbourne, so yeah, at four for sixteen, and, and a couple of catches go down. So there's no doubt that they were probably three nil doesn't reflect probably on their performance. They'll go back thinking they could have snuck one or two, and um, what, what it could have been. But yeah, very proud of what this group bound to achieve in the in the three matches and, and find a way, and, and and with the Test championship and everything that that rides with it, is that we're able to own home and, and win the first three Test matches. Trav, watching on um, on the telly, you, you got a sense of of two sides of Pakistan of around their entertaining cricket that they could provide. Firstly, they were so bloody nice, like they they, they looked just like good blokes, and you were e- easy to get along with and everything like that. But then it they'd have a big moment and the switch would flick, and there were some almighty send-offs and celebrations that went on as well. What was it like to play in? Did you get that sense? Is the radar off here from my perspective about what was going on out there? Um, yeah, no, definitely. And sometimes it's probably hard to, I guess, get into the contest and the momentum and, and whatnot and um, feel like you can't get really rhythm or a play on them because, yeah, sometimes uh, 
yeah, they're on the ultra nice side and then um, then they flick the switch and go full competitive mode. So mm. um, sometimes hard to get a read on it. And um, I guess in that game and that match intensity, when that moves and flows so much, it's probably hard to – some people find that tough. I know some people like riding on emotion and, and some people just like worrying about themselves. But within that game and, and the emotions that you obviously you feed off body language and um, the way you guys are going about it, it, it is hard sometimes to get a play on it and hard to, to get a rhythm with it. Uh, self-evaluation time, a word to describe <laughs> your three test matches. Absent, pretty much. <laughs> oh, that's um, a bit harsh. We're a sounding nah, board, yeah, mate. Uh, we're, we're here to help. Hads is here and, yeah, go yeah. for it. <laughs> <laughs> you turn that 40 into a score at the start of summer and um, everything looks a lot differently, but I guess getting a score and then trying to chase that a couple of times, um, a good, good ball here or there, and, yeah, and, and I felt like I was close in Sydney. So, yeah, working hard, um, worked hard during the week and, and feel like I'm very, very close. So, But, it's yeah, runs are always not going to come, I guess, when you are in form and, you, and you're going well, you, um, you're probably more harsh on yourself and, um, and the expectations are higher. And that's okay. I've got four or five days now to, to, to sort of switch it back on and then and hopefully hopefully in a home, home test match, which is always nice uh, that I can, uh, yeah, contribute and, and get some runs. Well, one thing that did change at the start of the summer, Trav, you're back uh, with the vice-captaincy. You and Steve Smith are both enjoying that role together. Um, has your role changed much around the team or is it just uh, business as usual? Yeah, I would say it's that. It's nice to to, to get that role, and, and, and but, yeah, it hasn't really changed. Um, try to be a standing board as much as I well. enjoy. Try to help wherever I can. I haven't done the hell of a lot, to be honest. Um, Smudger is, is well and truly, I guess, down that track and um, he's done it for a longer period of time. So nice to be in amongst that group and I guess with the the way the environment's moving and, and the way we do our meetings and, and whatnot and the way we plan, it, it's more around that leadership group being in on those those plans and sort of filtering that out and, and listening to our players and whatnot. So nice to be involved in them to know where the, I guess, the style is and know where, where, it's, where we're trying to go in games and whatnot. And then if I see anything or, or feel like it's going in a direction where the conversations have been other than that's where I see my role. So, but it's, uh, as you've seen over the last 12 months, it's a pretty settled ship. Pat and, and Smithy and, and, and Ron and the coaching staff have got the, yeah, got it, got it really humming at the minute and, and flying. So from my point of view, I don't see it any differently, but yeah, nice to be involved. The David Warner send off. How, uh, how did that pan out? Obviously certain things have got to stay, uh, private and behind closed doors, but I did see him sing the song in the middle of the SCG when journos were still watching, so that was always going to get out. How was the rest of it? Um, yeah, it was, it was really good. I was expecting a, a throne and a crown um, <laughs> at the Ivy for, for um, but, but uh, no, it was, uh, it was very relaxing. It was actually, um, it was exactly what I think within the inner team sort of see Davey and lots of friends, lots of family and then the boys just in a, in a nice private scenery where we could all just enjoy um, each other's company and, and enjoy what he was able to achieve for Australia. So um, I think probably the outside and what I did expect with the bright lights and and uh, and and the crown and and uh, but um, <laughs> but no, it was not. A, it was just yeah, it was really 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 relaxing. Good night, and uh, I think everyone had a really good time. Like I said, it. Yeah, that farewell was is a, it was a nice one, and, and not everyone gets to do it. And I think the way the week worked out, and yeah, and and him finishing the way he did was, um, yeah, just topped it off to what was a, yeah a really really good couple of couple of days for Davey and the team. Importantly, did he finish the night with his baggy grain? Like, it's still in his possession. <laughs> didn't, 
yeah, I think he's got it. Brilliant. Couple now, so um, no, yeah, didn't see it out after uh, the oval, so yeah. um, yeah, way tight. <laughs> very well answered, Trav. Very, very well answered. And I've seen post-match. We, we, we know that uh, you're definitely a crowd favourite with your uh, after-play shenanigans, which I enjoy, actually, Trav. Um, mm. You get a tick of approval from here. But was Mitch Marsh side-by-side? Uh, side? We've seen he had <laughs> your um, sunglasses on. Was he nestled up and neck? You would have been number three, three votes. Who was two and one after the post-match? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those glasses. Davey wanted me to wear them out, and I think they're only uh, – <laughs> I might, yeah, you might think much. They pop up here and there. I still had them in bag from the, from the World Cup. So, And I know how much Mitchell enjoys them, so I just threw them quickly <laughs> to him. So they only made a brief appearance, not for very long. Um, but, no, it was it was good. So, But uh, like I said, I didn't do too much in the series, so um, I try to, try to enjoy each, each other's success. And um, <laughs> had a, Mitch had a series, so um, – yeah, he uh, he played well, so it was well deserved for him. He can take over the shades for a little bit the way he's going at the minute. I don't know if you guys have ever been to the MCG Sports Museum. There, you, you you go through and there's there's Olympians, what they wore and everything like that. In years to come, I really want to see Travis Head's 2023 World Cup outfit on a mannequin, and the mannequin has those sunnies <laughs> on. It's got to happen, hundred percent. And the good thing about those sunnies is, Trav, that if you if you lose them, you straight down to Seven Eleven, you can get the exact same pair for ten bucks. It's going to be uh, interesting in 20, 20 years time. Everyone's going to fit the get out of the game. So, <laughs> yeah. so um, but yes, it's uh, it's growing legs, which is which is humorous. Yes. And, and Trevor, a few people have put their hand up to open the batting. I, I see Steve Smith's one. Um, there's a few candidates that are playing well in in state cricket, but it's going to be a different team come the West Indies. You, you lose Davies' presence at the top of the order. And, and it's not just about how many runs you get. It's about what you can bring elsewhere to the team as well. So it, it got an important selection meeting now um, coming up. Yeah, 100%. Like we said, he's probably the greatest three-format player, but in test career to average 45 and strike at 70 and take the bowling on the way he does to, to be a first slip and take most chances that comes to him and, and the energy that he brings. So, yeah, you've got to yeah, we've got to try and fill a hole not only opening batting, but, yeah, he's also a catcher within the team, which is so important. They'll find that person. I know. I think there's about 15 or 16 hands up for it at the minute, so everyone wants to crack at it. But, no, yeah, I actually looked at it this morning and you, you flick on your phone and always flick on the iPhone, go to the news part, and it's, it's been opening batting chat for about yeah. seven or eight days. So mm. um, it's probably the most talked about selection decision I've seen in, in so long because it's been so important and it's so important to the team and everyone's got an opinion and we've seen this coming for such a long time now. So it's been a, it's a, been an unbelievable debate. Once it's done, I just hope that everyone just sticks fat by the person that gets picked and and we can try to get as much continuity and, and consistency within that team and that person gets a proper crack at it. What you probably don't want to see now is that two or three games in and cool from that person and when you, you should have been that person then you get two more tests down the road and we've tried three bugs before we get to India like which I don't think will be the case from inside the group but hopefully just from the outside is that they this team has been exceptionally good at the decisions that they've made over the last 12 to 18 months on players and, 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 and the way we've played and I guess the path that we want to take and that's been hugely a part of what George and Dodders and Ron and Pat have been able to achieve so 
there's no doubt that it's a tough decision. I'm no, no doubt they'll try and make the best one they possibly can and, and the best one that fits for the team. And then hopefully we can crack on and have someone take over that can be consistent for a period of time. Yeah, well said, Trove. Um, as you mentioned before, you, you don't you got the happy uh, situation of not having to get on a plane to play your next game of cricket for Australia. It's uh, it's in your own backyard. Do you and Alex have to then sort out logistical situations such as restaurants or golf courses for all the interstaters coming in, and you, you've got to play tour guide, or everyone's well aware of what Adelaide has to offer, and yeah, it's you'll just go along with whatever. Yeah, it's pretty easy that everyone knows what's on for offer in Adelaide, and um, I think Bison might be coming in a day early, so we might be sneaking out playing around golf together. Nice. And then, yeah, I've sorted out a, a golf day for the boys on Sunday morning once we get in. So I'm already, uh, yeah, had my hands full on trying to sort that. And, and now that Davey's gone, it's fallen on someone, and I'm the lucky one to have the home test match. So I think moving forward, it's normally been Davey that's organised everything, but I think moving forward, it's going to be, I'm Adelaide, I think Uzi's got Brisbane sorted, then Victoria's got New Zealand, and we'll just go by that until someone really takes ownership of it. So, um a little bit of a transitional period in the in the in the planning schedule on off field stuff with Davey going now, which leads to nothing that another massive hole that I had to allude to. But um yeah. yeah, I've organized a few things for the boys and um a home test match is amazing. So hopefully um yeah, good crowd, good feel. Yeah, it's a it's a great week. And that's a pretty important role, Trav, to to get the team together and create a happy environment leading into the test match. And you've got actually a lot on your shoulders because leading into this test match. Josh Hazel got a hole in one at, at Ride Parramatta. So, man, when you organise golf, you, you've got a pretty, uh, you've got a pretty big job to do to keep up to those standards, don't you? Now, this hole in one's going everywhere. My brother got one yesterday, so I'm filthy. They're just falling around <laughs> us. I get near it, yeah. So, yeah, Josh, you got one. I think you were hit it. I think we by the end of the night, the other night, I got to a three iron for about 130 out. I think. Um, so, uh, he. Uh, 180 out, I <laughs> he's hope. Very, uh, he's very happy. But, um, yes, no, it's all sorted. Um, look after the boys when they get to LA. There's, um, there's unbelievable golf. There's some good wine, as we know, and, and some good places to go uh, have a feed. So um, well, we've got a good prep leading in, and the boys will be very, very well looked after in LA. Yep. So on the field, it's a new era without David Warner in the opening spot and off the field. Logistically, it's all changed without David Warner's contact book and new putters rocking up uh, downstairs for, for everyone. Travis Head, good luck with that first up uh, without Davey, but in all seriousness, enjoy the couple of days off and um, wish you well and getting set for your home test. Yes, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Talk soon. Travis Head, thanks to QuickBooks Online. He's a good man to talk to. <laughs> and it, as far as organising things ahead of a test match, yeah, I'm, I'm, if I'm a teammate of Travis Head, I'm really comfortable with him taking care of things. You, you know what I like about Travis Head, and, and it's a bit that everyone liked um, with David Warner. They're rascals, and you need a few rascals in your team just to, to lighten up the change room, and, and that's exactly what I, I think Travis Head and, and Mitch Marsh have hmm. uh, taken over, but they're rascals. Let's get into risers and fallers, and riser, we've got to mention Elise Perry. Yep. She's absolute riser. Uh, guides Australia to victory in the second T20 international against India, unbeaten 34. Didn't bowl, but still got it done with the bat. 300th international match, uh, first Aussie to reach that milestone. And, I mean, I saw a few things written about her on the weekend. It, it's the fact that she's completely comfortable with being the ambassador, the role model, all of that, and then still getting it done. And and in the last couple of years, has had to kind of tweak her game a little bit to keep the career going and the trajectory that it is and still going strong. Well, one of the things when, when you talk about superstar performers well, in, in any sport and in any generations, 
the, the one thing she's had is, is longevity, but what she's done in that time, she keeps developing herself as a player. There was a time when she was out of the, the 2020 team. So she went away, worked on a game, became more explosive, and she she deserves all the accolades she can get. She, mm. She's been great for not only cricket but uh, women's sport all over the world. It's probably, and we're going to mention Sam Kerr a bit later on, she's probably, is it fair to say cricket's version of Sam Kerr? Yeah, like 100%. Instantly recognisable by yep. anyone that pays any attention to it? Yeah, 100%. And and, and she started off, she was a dual international. We, we've seen her playing soccer, but what she's done for... Scored in a World Cup too. Yeah, she did. And, and what she's done for, for cricket uh, mm. in, in this country can never be underestimated. I'm going to nominate the riser, a, a riser as that, that actual series that we're involved with yeah. against India. Test match didn't turn out the way that Australia wanted to. The one days were interesting. Now these T20s are, are tied at one. It's it, it it feels like India have lifted their game to to get somewhere near Australia now. Well, what what it looked like is India are really comfortable in their home conditions and and they've played accordingly mm. to that. But what they also have done that they haven't been intimidated about making life uncomfortable for the Australians. And, mm. and you see a, a a lot of teams play against this great Australian team and they're beaten before they get on. They're beaten before they get on the field. They've got star power all across the, the park. But th- this Indian team ha- has left reputation at the gate and, and they've taken us on and, and they've got a great result in the test match and mm-hmm. got a couple of, uh, well, good result in the first 2020. Elisa Healy will rejoin us when she gets back from oh, India. Can't wait. Or, or, uh, she's not back in the country about another eight months or something, I think. But whenever she gets back, I do want to ask her about having the ball pegged at her head. Um, <laughs> recent game over there and everything else that's going on in that series because there's a bit happening out there, a bit happening out in the middle. BBL, it's hard to kind of stay across and be definitive about it as we sit here right now and and record it. Brisbane Heat, top of the ladder, beat the Hurricanes by one run on Sunday night. Rain threatened to play another part Mm. up there at the Gabba. Got away with this one, unlike the game on on New Year's Day. But the Sixers are thereabouts, Perth Scorchers, as we expect. Pretty impressive, the Melbourne Stars, after the honking start that they got after, uh, off to, that they've um, turned things around somewhat. Yeah, I, I think we've got three teams locked in for the final, the Heat, the Sixers and the Scorchers. I think those three teams have been most dominant. Um, the Stars, have, mate, they, they started off horribly. Then mm. they had that four-game winning streak, probably off the back of the way Glenn Maxwell was playing. Actually, he, he got a bit of energy back into the game. But that last spot's still open and, and looks like, to me, the – the Hurricanes are, are a chance mm. um, for that if they get things right. But if the Stars can continue playing the, the way they are, I'd like to see them in the final because they can upset those top three teams and, and I don't mm. think the other teams can. Fallers, Renegades, they've got a, a stench about them that you don't want in the room pretty much, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's been a, another horrible season, but the – after promising so much, they, they got mm. back into the finals last year. David Saker did a really good job with with the team to to take them off a, a couple of nightmare years to to get back in the finals. But they're, they're gone back into old habits again. Look at their list, though. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. Yeah, you, you compare it's, it's the, an aging list. It, it's but an the reputations. List. Yep. Compared to say a Hobart Hurricanes, who've just got a good balance. Yep. It's like oh wow, internationally what those players have done. But yeah, it's it's not about that all the time in the BBL, isn't it? It's about the the mix you got. Yeah, exactly right, and and they just haven't been able to 
Yeah, Finchie hasn't helped. You'd expect to have someone like um, Finchie the, the whole time with, mm. with not only his leadership but his, his power hitting. He's he's had a bad back and hasn't played much and, mate, announced his retirement. That's a riser too. Aaron Finch closing out his, his big bash career, mate. He, he's been a true entertainer Yeah, for not only just Australia but the, the Melbourne crowd, mate. They they love Finchie. Oh, anytime a Victorian does anything any good, it, <laughs> it just becomes something else, something away from the norm. But anyway, yeah. we – we get that. We, we, we understand it, Victoria. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry. Faller. Bradley Haddon surely on Sunday morning was a faller because you, my friend, I saw a couple of pictures emanating from the Triple M um, party after party after the SCG test. There was more alcohol there than distillery. So how you aimed up on Sunday morning had to be along the line of a faller. Oh, I was fresh as wake up you Sunday. You were not. I promise you. How? I promise you. Mate, I drank a lot of water. Your liver a sponge or something, <laughs> is it? must have been. Mate, I had the, the kids all day, jumped in the pool, took them to sport. Uh, it was a good day. There, there was a, a really good 3-2-1 list. Um, oh, in the yeah, – are you going to do it or are you going to keep it? Taylor secret? was three. Mark Taylor. Oh, yeah. easy. When, when he got up with the band with Fru and Fru on guitar, Taylor on vocals, yeah. that was definitely a highlight. Tub. Mate, a few he, out, he, he was good. I can what? see him going with six and out. He'd play a big role there. <laughs> what well, mate, he, I tell you what our producer said. Mate, I can't remember. I was into those vocals <laughs> you were talking about. <laughs> mate, our producer Sam, mate, he Two? was mate. Yeah, he, he was a bit real close. He he, yeah. he got a bit excited. He started slow, but he, he built into his innings. Did uh, he dance or was he a swayer? Oh, he was swaying. He looked like he had a rock in his shoe. <laughs> <laughs> the way he was walking. Um but <laughs> Mate, when he's seen one of his idols in Chris Lawrence, ex-Tigers player, and he's a oh, big yeah. tight, mate, yep. he, he's, his mood changed then. They, they yep. both became rugby league drunk, so that was scary. <laughs> <laughs> mate, Merv Hughes. Oh, um, Merv. Merv. Never yeah. seen anyone consume a drink like uh, he did, but yeah. A schooner's oh, two sips, isn't it, with Merv? Mate, just. Just. It's one, <laughs> one and, and a half. half. But uh, yeah, mate, it was a, it was a fitting way to, to end the, the summer. We had a lot of fun mm. throughout the whole campaign. Mate, we had some really good additions too. Was a Macram was outstanding. Yeah. He was absolutely outstanding. The Lord, Sir Ian Botham, uh, he, he was outstanding. Um, yep. As again, he, he loves great. coming to Australia, doesn't he? Mate, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Beautiful son, everyone. He loves his wine. So, but yeah, I'll tell you another faller. And, mm. and I'm going to go to another sport. Mm. Injuries. Yeah. Mate, Sam Kerr maybe looked like done an ACL missing the, the Olympics. Um, Rafa, maybe missing the Olympics if she has the certain surgery. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's – Rafa it's a, missing the, the Australian Open. I, stinker. Injuries are a horrible part of of any sport. But when, when they're missing big events – Well, you should have seen mate, it in Brisbane tough. last week. I was at the tennis last week. So when Rafa played, all of a sudden there was this electricity in the air yeah. all day before playing at night. Tickets became – the hottest thing ever. Like we had a little area where we, our you know, you have your commentary box and in front of it there were eight seats. The event came to us and said, we're, we're having to sell these seats because the, the demand is is so high and you're getting movie stars rock up to yeah. to watch him play. So it's it's a different vibe and you're right that that electricity in the air when a, when a big star is involved, like a Sam Kerr is scoring goals or a Rafael Nadal is playing tennis or a, a like a Steve Smith's scoring a yep. 100 in a test match, that's what you want. That's what you watch sport for or one of the main reasons why you watch sport for. So fortunately, from a cricket perspective, all our 
big name cricketers in Australia are, are okay yeah. at the moment. Long may it continue. Yeah. And before we end, I just want to give a quick shout out to Sammy Harper. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's had a horrible uh, concussion over the last couple Played of days. A ramp shot in the nets. Yeah, I'm not sure how it happened, That's, but yeah, yeah, he's he's had some concussion problems in the past. He, but uh, so our thoughts from all Willow Talk here is uh, with Sammy on a quick recovery and he, his family. Mate, good young keeper. The stars will meet him, but he's um, yeah. He's a good personality. Shout out to Sam. And last one, shout out to Jake Fraser McGurk as well for giving Willow Talk a shout out on the mic in a BBL game. Yeah. We'll send him some merch. Yeah. Have we got any? Yeah, Sam's getting some. Thanks, Sam. He just when he gets um, out of that coma, he's in been in for three days. <laughs> that was Willow Talk. Brad Haddon, thank you. Catch you soon. Stay safe. And we'll be back later in the week with another edition of Willow Talk. Travis Head, thanks to QuickBooks Online. Hit your business goals for six and save 29 hours of admin a month. Search QuickBooks Online today.